0: Hello and welcome to Journeys in Grace. My name is Pastor Eric Hubbard. I want to thank you for joining us as we go into the study of the Word of God. And today we're going to continue our series on how to avoid running on empty. And we covered the first two things that are in uh, first, first uh, Romans 1st chapter and the uh, 21st verse. And the first two things we talked about was first uh, about how to stay full of God or avoid running on empty is to first... Glorify God, meaning that I magnify him, I exalt him, I give him praise for who he is, what he's done, and what He's not only what he's, what he's done, what he's doing, and what he's already done. And as we go and as we went into this uh, study and, and study the word of God and just want to bring these scriptures to mind, because we're living in a time that where many have and are turning away from God. And the scripture talks about in the last days out, that many will depart from the faith and they'll give heed to, to a seducing spirit, meaning those things that will draw us out. And where many are saying that the Bible is of no use, is uh, outdated. It needs to be um, uh, considered other times. And it is. Our Bible, the Bible is a book for all times. It's a book for eternity. And it is what? A living uh, document. Because this word is Jesus. God said, I am my word. Jesus said that uh, uh, over in uh, sorry over in the book of Psalms, I believe it's 138, the Father says that uh, he has exalted his word above his name. So God's word is that important to him. And so when he says he has exalted, God said, I put my word above my name. Because God's word is who he is. If he fails in his word. If God does not do what he says, then he ceases being God. Because as I said again, so the third time saying it, uh, he says, I have exalted. I have elevated. I have magnified. I have uplifted. I consider my word greater than what you call me or who I am because I am my word. So today we're going to be talking about um, imagination. And one of the ways I'm just going to give a simple definition: uh, imagination can be thought of as seen. And one of the questions I want to ask today is: How do you see yourself? Or what are you? What do you see yourself doing? How do you? How do you think that God sees you? Does God? Do you believe that God sees you as successful, as blessed, as His holy son or daughter, as His called one, as His anointed one, or have you been? Uh, deceived or confused by the enemy, and thinking that you are who you used to be. If you have been, if you are, uh, have, have asked Christ to come into your life, if you have been forgiven of your sins, and that's what we do when we confess Jesus Christ as the Son of God, confessing that He died and rose again on the third day, that He has all power in the earth, He defeated Satan, and then He rose up, He brought back with Him the saints from the grave. And he went to heaven and where he says he will come back and get us one day. But we believe while we are on this earth, the first work that Jesus did was he redeemed us from the curse that came through Adam, which is the curse of sin. And because we used to be the old man, the Bible says has passed away. Behold, all things have become new. And that newness is that God has given us all a new spirit. We have uh, now we have the mind of Christ, meaning what? That old man, that old, nat- old nature, that old spirit that was in us has gone. Now, the spirit that's in us, I, that spirit of God, it to kn- for us to know God. Because many of us, we think of the word lust, we think of as evil. But the Bible says that uh, the spirit of God, it, it us, It wants us to draw closer to him, to get to know him, that we will have that relationship with him, that when we hear God's word, when we hear his voice, and we, and because we've studied his words and we know his actions, the Bible says that Israel, they saw the mighty acts of God, but Moses knew his ways. And as we get to know God better and better and get deeper into him, it does not take a, a PhD. The Bible says that in Isaiah 35, that this way should be called the highway of holiness. And it is so simple that a fool should not err. So As we speak today and as we uh, go into this lesson today, begin to change your imagination by going into the word and meditating on it. And look up scriptures on authority and love and transformation and uh, who we are in Christ, who we are in him, in whom has, and that's what we're talking about being in Christ. It's, it's, It's the whom that he is. And whom we have been transformed, in, transformed into, and so as we as our mind, and that's where the soul is. Uh, the soul is our our mind, will, and emotion. And when we are talking about uh, our imagination, our, our imagination is changed, and our dreams are changed, because we'll be, as we begin to know Christ, we'll begin now to have the mind of Christ. So some may say, well, you know, uh, 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 I don't have the love that I need to have. You do have it. The Bible says that he's given us all things that pertain to life and godliness. You have all the peace you need, all the love you need, all the power that you need, all the joy that you need. It's in your spirit. So, again, is who do you say you are or how do you see yourself? And you can change your vision of yourself by feeding yourself. The word of God and meditating on what God says that you are, so that now you exalt God and elevate him above what you used to do, who you used to be. And again, old things are passed away. Behold, all have become new. God has given us a new spirit. And as we read his word, meditate on it, walk in the walk in the walk in the word each and every day. And how do we do it? By applying His grace, by speaking to ourselves, and the Bible says in Psalms and hymns and spiritual songs, we begin to sing unto the Lord. And it didn't He didn't ask us about our talent. He said, "Sing to Him, sing to Me." He said in one verse of Scripture, even Isaiah, He says, "Come and let us reason together. Come and talk to Me, and have and so that He wants because God wants a relationship. That's what He had with Adam in the garden. In the garden." Adam had a personal, he and Eve had a personal relationship with Jesus. The Bible said it was the voice of the Lord, uh, the voice of God that walked and came to Eden in the cool of the evening. Who is the voice of God? Jesus is the voice of God because he is the word of God. But before I get too far ahead of myself, let's go now to, I'm going to go over to Isaiah, I'm sorry, Genesis, the sixth chapter, fifth, sixth chapter around the fifth verse. And the first thing I want to read is that, as we talk about imagination, there are a lot of uh, uh, there are not a, there are not a lot of ways that the Bible speaks positively positively about imagination. So we're going to read a verse of scripture here in Genesis six and five and six and five, talking about the imagination of man. And again, it's Genesis six, chapter fifth verse, and it said, "God saw the wickedness of man was great in the earth, and that every imagination of the thoughts of his heart." Was only evil continually. So in other words, men imagine evil. This is what brought about the flood that destroyed the first the first uh, uh earth. Because of the imagination. And while they saw themselves, they had allowed themselves and they didn't have they didn't uh, uh they had awareness of God because God did not leave Adam and Eve when they sinned. I know many think that uh if you we'll go over, I'm sort of getting off track, but let me uh, let me. Uh, getting off the uh, track, but let me go go over here to uh, Genesis third chapter, the third chapter. As a matter of fact, I ask you to read it. If you go read Genesis three, four, and five, how that when as after they sin, what, what was one of the first thing that God did for them? He created a covering for them. And after he told them about the thing that they were going to do and how that uh, Eve was going to serve her husband and all of these things, what did God do? He created a covering for them because he loved them, he loved them. And because he loved them, he sacrificed an animal and they covered themselves with, he's covered, they, they had uh, sheep skins to cover them. But what did Adam and Eve do? They went and got fig leaves to cover themselves. But even in the beginning, what did God do? He went and he sacrificed for them. There was a loss of life and a shedding of blood so that they could be covered. And this is the same way, as we connect the dots, that we are in the New Testament. The way that we are covered in the New Testament is that we are covered by the blood of Jesus. Because how? He took an innocent lamb in Genesis, uh, in, the, in the first books of Genesis. He did the same thing in, uh, in, in the New Testament, in the Gospels. When it came time for the payment to be made for what Adam and Eve had done, a lamb. The Bible says in Romans 13 chapter, it said that the lamb was slain from the very foundation of the world. And I go back over to the fourth chapter of, uh, of Genesis, still starting in, in, in the beginning books of Genesis. It talks about how that uh, Abel had a more worthy offering than Cain because the offering that God wanted was he wanted the sheep or a lamb to be sacrificed. So we have to learn to give God what he's asking for. If he's asking whatever offering God asks for is asking of you, that's what we have to learn to give. And he told James that uh, if thou doest not well, he said sin lies at the at the door. But he also let him know that you have to offer God with a with a heart of a willing heart to give to God what what whatever you present to Him must be given out of a willing heart, out of a heart. That says, Father, I'm giving this to you out of my heart, knowing that you are God and Lord of all. You are the one who is, who was, and who is to come. But again, when you are when when you allow the, the enemy to speak to your mind, and that's why I said a few again about what are you seeing? How are you seeing yourself? Or are, are you seeing yourself that when you worship in the mornings, when you worship in the evening, when you worship when you're driving, whether you're praying in tongues or singing a song or whatever that you may be doing to God, whether you're in church, whether you're in Bible study, whatever you are doing and you offering it as worship, do you think that God is accepting of that? No, without a doubt, you are a child of God. The Lord said, and over in Psalms 150, he said, let everything that hath breath praise the Lord. Everything. Because God receives worship, He receives praise. And again, when our imagination says, "You know, I'm not worthy," you know I, I messed up last night. You know I I got angry while I was driving. You know, I, I when my when my wife said this thing to me, I got angry and I snapped back. And Lord, I just, just so and you feel so guilty and so uh, uh, sorry. And yes. We should repent when we, when we do wrong things, but we, not, we should not carry the guilt and shame after we've talked to God about it. And see, if we, if we carry guilt and shame, then our imagination says, well, you know what? I'm not worthy. How could God love me? You can't out God's love. Who are you? To think that you can go above God when God says and Jesus says, "I'll love you, I'll never leave you, nor forsake you. I'll be with you. I'll be with you." But when we say within ourselves, you know, how could God love me? How could how could God love somebody like me? And Jesus says, as the Lord said over in uh, in, in St. John three sixteen, "For God so loved." He knew you before you knew yourself, before you knew love, before you knew that God loves you. He was loving you then. And then he made a sacrifice of Christ because he knew you needed it. He knew I needed it. He knew we needed it. And so God gave his best. So I say to you, you cannot out, you cannot go beyond God's love. You can't, you, you can't do it his hand's going to be out there for you. What's going to be the thing that sends people to hell is not because they sin, it's because Jesus, uh, because they reject Jesus Christ. If you reject him, there is no other sacrifice for sin. I don't care how righteous you are. I don't care how much money you give. I don't care if you feed the the poor, if you adopt uh, 85 children, if you uh. Uh, uh, if you go on missionary trips, if you have not received Christ as your Savior, your righteousness will never add up to nothing. That what your righteousness will add up to. So you say, preacher, you mean that I can go out and sin and do all those things? If when you are in, in Christ, the love of God and the grace of God will usher you into the presence of God. Why? And, and And like I always say, Jesus does not save us to sin. He saves us from sin. So when we talking about that the Lord has forgiven us of all sins, past, present, and future, we are saying that God loves us so that he has a remedy for any sin, for anything that you will ever do. But what he doesn't have a remedy for and what he, he will not have a remedy for is unbelief. If you reject Christ and you decide within yourself that my thoughts are higher than God. That 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 either there you 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 uh, uh say within yourself either there is no God, or, or you know what I don't believe He's God. I believe that's in it. You can there are many ways to Christ. Some say, but Jesus said, "I am the way, the truth, and the life." He said another place that that if any man com- comes up any other way. The same as a thief in a rock. If you if you think that you can get to God rather than through the one way, which is Jesus Christ, then you have been deceived. But when we're talking again, when we, we're talking about imagination, as we just read in um, Genesis six and five, he said, "Man's imagination was evil continually, because they dismissed God just as many have done today, and they we they." Pushed him out. The culture has pushed God out. But believing that they can be with God without God. That men have, many have said, that secular humanists have said, you know what? All the good there is, is in man. I'm good by myself without God. I can do what I need to do. Many of the famous song, one famous songwriter said that uh, I did it my way. Well, yes, you can go about through this life and you can have some some level of success, and you can make millions, if not billions. But the Bible says, "What would it profit a man if he gained the whole world and loses his soul?" Because that man, in his own imagination, he has made himself or herself God. So now, at the end of their life, they discover, as they step into the judgment that they made the wrong decision. That God was there all the time saying, come unto me, I got you. I can make your life better than $50 billion. I can give you no, you can't buy the joy that God can give you. Jesus says, I'll give you peace, not as the world gives its peace. He says, I'll give you a peace that passes all understanding. That in the middle of hatred, in the middle of wars, in the middle of disagreements, in the middle of, of chaos. He said, I'll give you peace that passes all understanding. When everything is going wrong, everything is falling apart. Because we know we have a home that had not that not been made by hands, nor by man. We have a we are looking for that city, the city of the Hebrews. This is what drove Abraham. This is what drove uh, uh, the patriarchs because they said within themselves. Yes, God has given me a promise that, that we will have seed, that I will number more than the stars in the sky more and more abundance than the sands by the, on the seashore. I have a place and a home that I'm going to that is more worthy than all the gold of, uh, in, in uh, Abraham's day, all the gold of Egypt. All the armies of uh, of Caesar, all the armies of uh, that you can imagine, all the all the things that you can, all the riches that any of us could ever imagine, cannot compare what God has prepared for them that love Him. He said, "I have not seen, nor ear heard, neither has it entered into the heart of man of the good things that God has prepared for them that love Him." He said, you can't imagine it, but God can show. You. He can give you a glimpse of it. He can allow us to, uh, uh, as the scripture says, as Christ is seated, we too are seated in heavenly places and we're here on earth. That's the imagination that God wants us to, to, to come to. That we're no longer bound in our minds and in our spirit by what we see. We're not bound by what we see, taste, hear, and and feel. But we are loosed in our spirit and in the freedom that God has given us. No, it's not just about the uh, the sweet by and by and what we'll get in heaven. But we also know that God has given us authority here. That when we walk by faith and not by sight, we use our imagination to to, to grasp and take hold by faith of what God has done for us and live a life of peace and sober-mindedness so that men see our good works and they glorify God in heaven because we imagine ourselves as walking holy. We imagine ourselves as being that wife or that husband that walks by grace. No, none of us are perfect. Yeah, you're going to say something that, mm, I shouldn't have said that. Oh, I shouldn't have did that. Father, I'm sorry. Uh, 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 baby, I'm sorry. Uh, uh, can I uh, forgive me? Yes, we're going to error. Why? Because we live in a fallen world. And we, all of us are imperfect. Somewhere, somehow, you're going to miss the mark. But you know what? We have the grace of God that's here for us. That's And, and God has a portion for us that we will always know that he's for us and not against us. Use your imagination to to, to just see within yourselves. You're not what your situation is. Don't let your current situation determine your destiny. This is just a stopping point. Everything that you can see today is temporary. But if you will gather your mind together and say, Father, the word says that you will show me all things. Father, show me a glimpse of what, Uh, uh, of the future. Open my ears, oh God, that I hear your word. I declare I hear them. I hear, Lord God, your directions for me. And so when you hear, you hear and then you go and do. So let's go now to, I've I've talked to quite a bit here now. So let's go to 1 Samuel. We're gonna talk a little bit about, about David and how David used his imaginations and this, again, this is what we must do. If this is over in 1 Samuel 17th chapter. And we're going to go down around the 23rd verse. And I'm going to, this is where David's father has sent him out. The Philistines, who were the enemy of Egypt, enemy of Israel, rather, had come out against them in battle. And Saul and the army and the uh, Philistines were, were uh, opposing themselves. And, and opposing means that on one side of the, um, of the mountain, was uh, the Israelites on the other side with the Philistines. And there was a giant. We all know the story about Goliath, how Goliath came out boldly every day and declared, I fight for the Philistines, who you got? Who you got to come down here and defeat me? And that's just like the devil. The Satan has a big mouth. He's got a big mouth. The Bible says he's like a roaring lion. But remember, Jesus snatched all his tooth out, all his teeth out. The only thing he can do is gum me to death. The only thing he is is a big mouth. Yes, he's cunning. Yes, he's deceiving. If you're trying to catch him with your natural eye and, and, and use your uh, natural thoughts to figure out what the devil is doing, you can't do it. But we have the mind of Christ. And the Bible said that we should not be ignorant of his devices. It's either going to be the lust of the flesh, the lust of the eye, or the pride of life. One of those things, he's going he gonna to put a craving in you that you feel like, it, the, oh, I can't do without it. You're going to see some, oh, I got to have that, oh, oh, yeah, yeah. And see, all of these things, the lust of the eye, the lust of the flesh, and the pride of life, filling you up with things, oh, I got it. I got it. Those three words have caused many to slide that, that go down the slippery slope to hell, where they do things without God. But when in your imagination, you know that I have everything; God has given me everything. There is a a a, a not on. There is a new woman. Uh, there is the, the blessed woman that you'll ever have is the woman that you have now. That woman, that wife that you have. She's all that you will need. You just got to discover her. That man that you're married to, that saved man. God has has blessed you and put you together. You don't have to go outside and get a new husband or a new man or somebody in addition or get you somebody on the side. But if you allow God, God will show you a man in the man and he will cause so that you will be able to see God make a change in him. You'll be able to see God make a uh, make make take them to a new level. Take your wife to a new level. Take your husband to a new level. Because if you're stuck on on uh, on the shape, if you're stuck on the form, you'll find out that age will change all of our forms. Age will will, will slow your step. Age will bring you to a point to where you don't mean that you got to fall apart, but what it means, age will age attacks all of us. All of us are living in a body that one day is going to go to the grave. If Jesus does not come, we're all going that way. But in our imagination, we can see God do great things in our lives and in the lives of others. He, He can use us. If you would just only imagine, let God give you godly thoughts. See, all thoughts, you can have a good thought, but it not be a God thought. See, what do you mean by that preacher? Now, all good things are not godly things. It can be a good thing to do, but it's but if yes, it's always, it's good to work. But God's got a career for you. He's got a place and a time for you. He's got a there for you. And if you get into there, you will find out that God will go beyond your imagination. He'll take you to places that you, you couldn't even imagine that you could go to. Because you were willing and obedient to hear what he had to say. And so over here in the book of 1 Samuel, 1723, it says now that uh, Goliath is out breathing fire out and fiery words about what he's going to do. And and the scripture says in uh, 1723, and it says, and as David talked, he says, as he talked with them, behold, there came up the champion, the Philistines of Gath. Goliath by name out of the armies of the Philistines and spake according to the same words that David had heard. And all the men of Israel, when they saw him, the Bible says they ran because they were so afraid. And the men of Israel said, have you seen this man that came up? That's how Satan is. He will blow himself up. You ever heard of a puffer fish? A puffer fish can almost make itself two or three things inside. He put wind in his jaws. And again, that's a perfect example of Satan. He's got a lot of fiery words about how what he's gonna do, he's nothing but a thug. He's nothing but a bully. And all how he's gonna beat you up and knock you out. You better not cross this line. You better not get out of your house. You better stay in that bed. I'm gonna knock you out just like I did your mama, just like I did your daddy. Yeah, they will say we'll do you the same way. But if you got the got the faith in you. As, and, 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 the, and the courage in you. As Proverbs says, it says the righteous are bold as a lion. What does the lion do? The lion will roar at a herd of elephants. Why? Because he knows who he is. And he's willing to say, look, I'm running this. I know that the elephant is bigger. The cheetah is faster. But you know what? The giraffe is taller. But you know what? I am the king here. And his very roar causes the mighty elephant to step back. It causes the giraffe to run out on the spring. It will cause the cheetah, the fastest animal, to leave his keel to the uh, the lion. Because the lion is not the fastest, nor is he the strongest, nor is he the tallest. But you know what? The lion thinks he is. But we as believers, we got to know it. We got to know who we are. And in our imaginations, let God show us who we are. So here is Goliath, breathing on all these words. And scripture said, at this, uh, I'm gonna read this to you in the 21st verse, they said, have you seen this, this this mighty man that defies Israel? As he has come up, and it shall be that the man who kills him, the king, will enrich him with great riches, will give him his daughter, and make his ho- father's house, make his father's house free in Israel and David said the 26th verse what should be done to the man that kills him and takes away the reproach of Israel for who is this uncircumcised Philistine that he should defy the armies of the living God David did not see the problem if you looked at Goliath he was a problem if you go by if you can just imagine uh, history says that he was not around uh, eight to nine feet tall. It talks about how heavy his his his, uh, his spear weighed pounds. He, he took a man, to, it took one man to carry his shield. He was so tall. And he had a voice that talked so loud, he made, imagine, the whole army was afraid of him. Now, there were hundreds of thousands of men out there. It didn't take but 20 or 30 of them to surround him and shoot with arrows. But they ran because of the sound. But David didn't see the problem. David imagined. He said, what am I going to get? He said, what's going to be done to the man that takes him out? And then we read on down. The 27th verse, and the people answered him after this this manner, saying, so shall it be done to the man that kills him. So let's go on down to the 43rd verse. Well, first we know that... that first his brothers confronted him and, and said, why are you down here? You left those sheep back there with daddy. You should be home. We know why you came down here. And David said, I came down here to, 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 to uh, obeying what my father said, to bring you the cheese and bread. But he said, look, if you read on, he says, in there a cause? Somebody's got to stand up to Satan. Somebody's got to stand up to the devil. So down here, and then Saul came. Because he heard about this young boy saying, who is it? Everybody said, king. We need to tell you, there's somebody down in the camp that ain't scared. There's somebody down. There's a there's a, a young man. And what did uh, Saul did? He came down, talked to David. David told him about how God had delivered him from the lion and the bear. And he went on to say, you know what? God going to deliver me from this man. All right, so let's go on. As a matter of fact, If you really want to know, Goliath was a fool. I don't know how many times the Philistines had attacked uh, attacked Israel and every time when the people of God walked and and broke God with them and their hearts were right with God, the Philistines were whipped. But now they're coming out again, just like the devil. I'm going to tell you, you may beat the devil today. He'll pull back. But every time he comes up, you have the power to defeat him. But you got to know that's how he'll do. He'll come today. He'll say, okay, you whoop me. I'm gonna go and sit down. I'll be back though. Because he knows his time is short. But let's go down, let's go down to the 43rd verse. So Saul offers David his armor. Gives him a brass helmet, gives him a shield. A, by the said a coat of mail, which basically just an intertwined uh, a metal coat. Gives David his sword, gives him his shield, and David said, "King Saul, I, I can't take this. I haven't proven this, because David knew I got to take what I know. And that's a great message in that. You have to use what you have. Don't look over the fence at what your neighbor has." Don't desire somebody else's gift. Use the gift that God has given you, and you will excel with it. That's on the street. That say, stay in your lane. The churches take the same thing. No, it doesn't mean that I limit myself to what I have. But if I know what God has put me, if I know what uh, what, what my gifts are, and I know what God the ability has given me, no, I just don't just look at myself. But I said, but I trust God and I obey him. And whatever he gives me to do, go and do. And the third, 43rd verse said, and the Philistine, Goliath said to David, am I a dog that you come out to meet me with a stick? And the Bible said, and the Philistine cursed David by his, by his God. And Dave, what did David say? Come, come to me. And I would, And the Philistine said to David, come out here. I'm gonna feed you to the fowls of the air and to the beast of the field. But what did David say? He said, you come with a sword and a spear and a shield, but I come in the name of the Lord of hosts. See, David had his sword. He had his shield and he had everything that he needed. He had the host of heaven with him. He had the anointed because David was anointed king. See, that's one thing that Satan didn't, he couldn't deal with. That's who Goliath Goliath was a representative of. He was a representative of Satan. And he could not beat the anointing. Satan cannot defeat the anointing if the anointing knows who they are. And David knew who he was because he had imagined himself getting the gift that the king had offered. And it goes on to say uh, in the 48th verse, it came to pass when the Philistine arose and came and drew near to David that David ran toward him. See, most people will say, oh, this problem is coming up to me. I'm going the other way. But what did David do? He turned. David, not only did he not turn and run away, David ran toward him. And when he did, you know the rest of the story. He reached into his bag while he was running. And the Satan had was so confident. And he is so stupid name. he's not smarter than you. He's not wiser than us. When we, when we trust in God and lean upon him, and then God would enlighten us and show us what to do. God took a rag and a rock to kill this nine foot giant who had, he had his own personal shield being carried by his armor barrel. He left it. And that's how Satan sees many of us. See, he doesn't, see he, can't, he doesn't know all that God has in you. I believe he can recognize that you have the Holy Spirit, but he, he can look at your past and see, okay, I see what they did, but he cannot tell you what you, where you are going to do. He'll try to curse you. He'll try to limit you. He'll tell you what you're not, what you can't have, what you won't do. But he does not know all the truth that it is about you. And you know the end of this story. David took one rock, slung one rock, hit him one time, knocked the devil down, who was a fool to think. That's how exactly who who Satan is. He's a fool. How How can you be in the heavenlies and see the God of heaven and earth? See what he did. See what he does. See who he is. And think you're going to be like him, outside of him. David did everything that he said he would do. He hit him in the head with that unknown that rock, knocked him down, took his own sword, and cut his head off. And you read the rest of the story, he took that big head and drug it all the way into, back to Jerusalem. And took Goliath's spear and his shield. He took all his armament and took him and took his stuff from him that's what jesus wants us to do is to strip the devil and let him know who we are we are the children of god we are the healed of god the blessed of god the deliver of, delivered of god and my question goes back to as i started this talk talk today who do you see yourself as do you see yourself as god sees you he sees you as a conqueror victorious Healed, delivered, blessed in this earth at this time. I pray you got something out of the word of God today. I pray that your heart's be encouraged. If you don't know Jesus, I pray for you now. If you repeat up to me, Lord Jesus, I come unto you now. Forgive me of my sins. Lord, I believe that Jesus came and he died for me. His blood was shed for me. And today I receive him as Lord and as Savior, forgive me of all of my sins, and I entrust them with you, that as you have, as I confess my sins, you said you'd be faithful and just to forgive me. Thank you, Lord, for saving me. Thank you, Lord, for filling me with the Holy Spirit. And I pray, O oh God, I desire too, to be filled with the Holy Spirit, speaking in another tongue, in the power that God has given me. I say to you, if you prayed this prayer, you are now a part of the family of God. Go and find a Bible-believing church. Get your a Bible if you don't have one and begin to read the book of St. John and read on from Acts all the way to Revelation. And as you read, no matter how much you read on a, on a uh, daily basis, ask the Lord to give you interpretation. Say, Lord, speak to me out of your word. He will. And say, so, Lord, lead me to a church Lead me to a place, a Bible-believing place, that I can grow and learn more about you. We pray these things in Jesus' name. Until the next time, join us here for Journeys in Grace.